Turn to Acts 3 with me this morning. As we continue on, we had a few weeks of sidetracking there, and that's okay. We've had some great weeks, including getting drenched in the rain and, uh, and uh, honoring our graduates last week. And we're going to kind of get back on task this week in Acts 3. And uh, I want to share some thoughts with you about the beggar that was, uh, that was healed there by the temple this morning in Acts 3. Uh, Peter and them are uh, about the Lord's business, and we're going to look at that this morning. Let's go right into reading, and we'll just kind of talk about it as we go this morning, since we're a little short on time. Acts 3, starting in verse 1. Acts 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. It was at 3 in the afternoon. Now, Remember what we said a couple weeks ago as we looked at uh, the big message that Peter preached uh, and 3,000, about 3,000 souls were added. Uh, but then we read right below that, we talked about what a church is and what a church does. And, and they were continuing to go to the temple even though they were having church in the houses. But they were t- continuing to go to the temple because the, the, the break from Judaism wasn't clean. It wasn't like one day I'm saved, the next day... I'm going to break from all of my other ties. And it's kind of that way with us. Now, we know that we're saved. We know that we're his. uh, But a lot of times, it's a process. It's a process. And how do I know that? Because I've been saved now 40-some years, and I'm still learning, Gary, every day. I'm learning something more, something new, something greater. I'm I'm trying to be more what God wants me to be, and and he's shaping me and molding me. It's kind of like we watched that uh, film that time with the sculpture, and they were chiseling away what not was of God, and they keep chiseling and chiseling, and we go, oh, that hurts, and it hurts when God chisels us, but when he gets us to where he wants us, then we can be effective for him, and so they're still going to the temple, Uh, they're totally gods, but they're still trying to to work through all their past and their present and their future, and they're on their way to the temple about three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth, now understand that, he's never walked, he's never took the first step. We know as we look at children, um, when they're little, of course, they can't walk, and then they begin to crawl. They begin to kind of stand, you know, that first moment when mom and dad goes, oh, my baby stood up. They're just so proud. You know, there's mom. And they, they walk, and they, they do those, and then they take their first step, and boy, that's a big moment. And of course, dad's usually somewhere else and didn't get to see it, or, or they're over at grandma and grandpa's and take their first step, and so, you know, we're just totally crushed because we didn't get to see their first step. But they take that step, and then they get stronger, and they get stronger, and pretty soon they're, they're everywhere, you know? Within three weeks, it seems like they're tearing everything off the coffee table, and, and they're wrecking everything, and they're, they're moving now. They can get around, and they can walk. And so it's a process as they walk. And I want you to remember that because we're going to see a miracle here in just a minute. So he's lame from birth, has been carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Now there's a real contrast here. In a beggar that can't walk, that is begging for anything that he can possibly get, and where is he sitting? By the gate called Beautiful. And if you think about it, this this picture this morning, I want you to understand, the picture this morning is greater than just a man that can't walk sitting by a gate. If you put yourself in this beggar's spot, that's where we are before Jesus. Before we receive Jesus, before we have Christ we are a beggar. We are, we are begging for anything that we can get. And we're sitting by, we have access to Jesus Christ. And he is beautiful. He's beautiful. 
And many of us sit by that gate day after day after day, and he's saying, won't you come? Won't you come? And many say, I'd like to, but I can't walk. I'd like to, but I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. You see, I've never really understood salvation. I've never really been saved, so I really don't know what it's like. I'm just kind of used to being a, a lame beggar. And so we tend to go through our life for a long time sometimes, unlike Hayden that was saved at an early age. We've seen him baptized this morning. Dakota said he was fairly young when he was saved. A lot of us were, but some of us waited 20, 30, 40 years back. Remember our buddy James, he walked the aisle at 83 years old. He sat by that gate many days. The gate called beautiful. The gate Jesus wanted to open for him. But he just got comfortable. And we tend to get comfortable. Our friends tend to get comfortable. The people that we want to come to know Christ, our family gets comfortable. We want them to know Christ. But they just soon sit by the gate. They just soon see it but not go in it. They just soon to be lame and be a beggar. And guys, I want to tell you this morning, Jesus Christ has so much more for you. So much more for you than that. But what a contrast as we see the picture. Let's read on. Where he was put every day to do what? To beg. To beg. From those going into the temple courts, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. He asked them for what he knew about. Could he have asked them for something greater? You better believe it. But he asked for money. To some of us, that's the greatest thing there is. To some of the world today, money is the greatest. If I've got money, I've got it made. But guys, I'm telling you, when you get to heaven, money ain't gonna, it's not going to mean a thing. What you got in your bank account's not going to mean a thing. But what you've decided, what choice you've made for Jesus Christ, that's going to mean everything. It's going to mean everything. Peter looked straight at him. I love that. He looked straight at him, eyeball to eyeball. As did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Look at us. I want your sole attention. Now this was not about, look how great I am, I'm Peter. You, you've already probably heard about me in that great sermon I preached a few days ago. 3,000 souls were saved. Man, look how great I am. This was, he wanted him to understand what he was about to tell him. And folks, when we are telling people about the love of Jesus, we're telling people a way that they don't have to beg and be lame anymore and they can walk on their own, and they can trust God, just put their eyes straight on Jesus Christ. Because that's what, that's what Peter wanted him to do. That's what he's saying. When he says, look at me, look at me, what he's saying, I'm going to show you Jesus. I'm going to show you something that's going to change your life. And it's not in my pockets. It's not what I can give you, but it's who I know and what they can give you. And what they can give you. So the man gave him them his attention, expecting to get something from them. I love that. <laughs> he was fixing to get something all right. Something he never dreamed. Something he never dreamed. He would have been happy for a denaria. You know, that was kind of a penny of the day or, or a coin of some kind. He would have been happy for any of that. Even a, a pot of food would have been good. But he was fixing to get something much, much more. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. I can imagine right then, you know, Guys, sadly, we've all been places and people have come up to us and asked for money. And you say, I don't have any. What's their first thing? Their, their, their countenance just falls. 
And that's what happened here. He said, I don't have any money. And I'm sure, you know, what the beggar's wanting is, is money so he can eat, so he can survive. And I'm sure the first thought was to just hang his head. But Peter wasn't done. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Boy, you talk about witnessing. Folks, realize what we have. If you're sitting in this room today and you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have the information, you have the ability through Jesus, not through us, but through Jesus Christ, to change their whole eternity. That's pretty big. That's as big as it gets. That's way bigger than a 20 or a $100 bill. You can change their eternity through showing them, look at me, look at him, through showing them the cross and what Jesus has done for them. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Let me tell you about a man that changed my life, and he can do the same for you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Boy, that's bold. Walk. Now listen, many people, we're going to read it in just a minute, many people knew this guy had been sitting there a long time. How long had he been lame? Since when? Since birth. And Peter's going to tell him to do something he's never done. You think he was a little afraid? I imagine so. It's kind of like when you tell someone, why don't you give your heart to Jesus? I imagine they're a little afraid about that. Me and Rick were talking about it with uh, Will and, and uh, Liz this morning. You know, people, they don't like that word surrender. Surrender? You know, we're used to the cowboy shoot them up pictures where they waved the white flag and they stood up and held their hands up. Surrender? That means I'm weak. But remember, when we are weak, he is strong. He is strong. And I'm sure he was, he was a little bit intimidated. He was a little bit worried. What? Walk. And he didn't only just say, get up by yourself, but he reached in and took his hand. Look in verse 7. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Does Jesus lift us up out of the miry clay? <laughs> you better believe it. Think about that. Jesus doesn't only say, I'll change your life. Jesus doesn't only say, I can save you. Jesus doesn't only say, I've died on the cross for you and I've risen again and I can give you eternal life. He reaches down through his grace and grabs a hold of us with both arms and, and picks us up out of the miry clay if we'll allow him to do it. Isn't that good this morning? Isn't that good? Guys, listen to me. And I'm talking to myself too. Let's don't get old hat. Let's don't get old just everyday mundane about what Jesus has done for our salvation. What we just witnessed there over there this morning, we should have been up and just jumping on the rafters because those people's lives have been changed forever. They're no longer bound for eternity without Jesus. They're bound for eternity with Jesus forever and ever and ever. Guys, that ought to excite us. This building ought to be packed just to watch that. But sadly, you know what happens? We're baptizing. Oh, that'd be a good day to take off. Why? That's what we're here for. To see people come to know Christ. To see the harvest. To water and plant and sow and see the harvest. Why would we not be excited about today? That's why I think it's all right to clap. I think it's all right to applaud. You mean they clap after baptism? You better believe it. I'll cheer from them stinking cardinals that lose about 9 out of 10 these days. I better stand up and cheer for somebody that's given their life to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. I hear that, Cub fan. I hear that. We better get on. We're starting to meddle a little bit. 
Let me finish the good part here. He jumped to his feet. He didn't, he didn't, look at this. He, he reached down with his hand. Look at the transformation, guys. He didn't just, he, he wasn't like this where he could barely get up. He jumped to his feet. Think of, he's never walked. It's not like you'd think a little baby, you know, he's, he's going to have to at least crawl some. He didn't go through any of that process. God touched him so miraculously that he jumped to his feet. Man. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. I would have loved to have seen that. You know, if I could still, you know, how you jump up and click your heels together, I don't think I can do that anymore. I might fall, Gary. It'd be ugly, you know. Have to get the whole deacon body up here to raise me up, you know. But he, you can just see him clicking his heels going down the road and praising God. God is good. That's the way we are to go to work in the morning. Praising God. Jumping up and down. Man, I, God is good. I, I'm able to work. I'm able to go provide for my family. Yeah, Brother Todd, you don't know the stinking job I got. Guys, it's a job. It's a way to provide. Every day we get up in the morning, we should jump to our feet and say, I get to serve the Lord today. I get to praise Jesus for what he's done for me. If you're like me, most mornings you get up and go, oh, my back hurts, my head hurts. I'm just, I've got to sit down a minute before I even get going. You know, I'm already sore. I'm already tired. And just, I, I just love the excitement here. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. Let me tell you something. And Bridget's just a little older than, than Dakota, and Dakota too. Hayden's a little bit younger. But people are going to recognize you guys from your old way. You see, that's the way the world is. They recognize us from the way we used to be. And sometimes they're going to recognize you and go, oh, I, you're not like you used to be. You don't talk like you used to. You don't do the same things you used to do. You don't go the same places you used to go. It's because God's changed our life. He's given us a new way of walking and a, and a new way of talking and a new way of communicating and a new focus, a new goal, a new spirit. He's indwelled us. He's filled us with the Holy Spirit. And guys, you cannot be filled by the awesome power of a, of a God that we serve, the God we serve. You cannot be filled with that power and not be changed. You're going to be different. You're going to look different. You're going to act different. You're going to talk different. Because if we keep on doing the same thing we always did, maybe there wasn't any change after all. Maybe we really didn't know Jesus as our Savior. And I'm talking more than just legalistic stuff. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. It's more than that. You've got a new want to. You've got a new way of approaching life. You've got help like you've never had it before. But people are always going to look at you the way you used to be. And what you have to do is not out of pride, not out of look at me, but you just start through the power of God, start living the life. You start living the life like Jesus wants you to live, and they're going to start seeing the change. These people were looking at this man like he used to be. That's the beggar that used to sit by the gate called Beautiful. I know him. That's him. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. At what had happened to him. They were filled with wonder and amazement. 
Now, very quickly, next screen, please. I hear people talk about, and we talk about the miracles of Jesus throughout the Bible. Miracles that Jesus did himself, plus what we see here, Peter and John. He used people to do other miracles. There was miracles performed in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, and a lot of people say, if I could just see one of those miracles, I would believe. And guys, don't get me wrong. It would be awesome to see somebody that was dead come to life. You know, Lazarus was in the grave four days. He came back. He said, he's going to be stinking by now. God just said, Jesus said, come on out, Lazarus. Here he comes. He said, let him go. Loosen him and let him go. Or if you've seen this man, you, you, we've seen him by the gate every day. We go to temple, and he's walking, bouncing around like he's 12. Or if I was sitting there that day, and I was hungry, and I heard my belly ground like some of y'all says that right now, you know, and, 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 and Jesus just blessed that little bit of fish and that, that bread, and boom, he fed over 5,000 people. That would have been pretty awesome. That would have been pretty remarkable. But you know what? We have witnessed, I guess you'd say, the backside of salvation this morning through baptism. And guys, miracles don't get any bigger than that. The miracle of salvation is the greatest miracle of all. We ran across something Wednesday night that really got my attention. It kind of all blended together. Let me read you some scripture. Go to the next screen, Steve. Mark 6, if you want to turn over there. Mark 6. If not, it's right here. Just a couple screens. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. There's that word again, amazed. Isn't it amazing when Jesus is around, you're amazed? Have you been amazed for Jesus in a while? When's the last time you were amazed about what Jesus has done in your life? Has it been so long? Has it been so, is he just there every day? You just kind of got used to it? Let's be amazed about Jesus. I love that word. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that he's been given? These are people that from his hometown. What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Now, what were they doing about Jesus? They were looking at what they used to know. All right? Where he come from. Now, Jesus was always perfect. Jesus didn't have a before and after. He's always been perfect. But these people, he grew up in their town. This is Nazareth. Nothing big comes out of it. Surely the Messiah's not coming out of Nazareth. He's that carpenter's son down the street. He built a table for me last week. That's no big deal. That's not the Messiah's son. Look at these next verses. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. There's that word again. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, wait a minute. Back up a minute to the verse 5. He couldn't do any miracles there. And somebody brought this out. I think it was Mr. Bill or something the other night, which I, I thought was great except lay his hand on a few sick people and heal them. Now, that's a big deal. Well, he did do miracles. He, he laid his hand on sick people, and they were well. But I think what it says and what, what it began to tell me and what the Holy Spirit began to, to help me understand was that's not the greatest miracle. You know, you know why he couldn't do nothing there? Because their lack of faith. What was the miracle that Jesus wanted to perform in Nazareth? He wanted to see them come to know him as Savior. 
He wanted them to understand who he was. He wanted them to understand that he was the Messiah. He wanted them to, to grasp a hold of that and change their, he could change their life. He wanted to give them a brand new way of living. But their lack of faith, I can't trust him as Messiah. He's the carpenter's son. I know his brothers and sisters. I played with him when he was little. I, there's no way. He was amazed by their lack of faith. We tend to think that the miracles are rising from the dead and walking again and healing blinded eyes and touching ears that can hear again. We tend to think that's the miracles. I'm telling you guys, if you're saved this morning, if you're sitting here and know Jesus as your Savior, you have been a recipient of the greatest miracle of all time. It's salvation. Everybody say amen this morning. Amen. We should be amazed about that. We should jump for joy about that. I have, I, if I could just see a miracle. If you know Jesus Christ, go home and look in that mirror. That's the biggest miracle you've ever seen. Because before Jesus, we were bound for hell. Let's just say it like it is. We had no hope. We had no way to get to heaven because we were sinful and sin cannot enter into a holy presence of God. But he sent his one and only begotten son to this world and they hung him on a cross and he bridged the gap between me and you and he died for our sins so that someday me and you could find our way back through God, through Jesus Christ. There's no other way but through Jesus Christ. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And he rose on the third day, and his Father stamped approval on the sacrifice that had been made so that now we can know that was the right one. That was the one to follow. This is the right Jesus to follow. That's the right God to put number one on your, on your uh, mantle. He's the one to worship and to serve. And he made it possible where everyone in this room could experience the greatest single miracle of all time. The miracle of salvation. It's the greatest miracle ever. And we tend to want to see somebody raised from the dead, which would be awesome. We tend to want to see somebody healed, which is awesome. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But may we never, ever forget what we just witnessed over there was the backside of them giving their heart to Jesus and now they walk through the baptismal waters in total obedience to Jesus Christ. And guys, when you go out of this place today, when you go back to work tomorrow, say, I witnessed three miracles yesterday. And you jump to your feet and you be amazed. And you look people straight in the eye. You look people straight in the eye and say, let me tell you something. I don't have a lot of money or gold to give to you. But I do have something, and I'll give to you what I've got, and it's Jesus Christ, and he can save you, and he can change your life. He can do that for you. Isn't that exciting this morning? Isn't that something to be amazed about? It is. And I'm sure right now we're worried about, oh, I've got more trees to pick up. I've got a mess over my yard. I've got limbs everywhere. Guys, that will be all right. We got to witness a miracle this morning. We get to witness it three times. Miracle, the greatest miracle of all. Stand and be amazed. Jump for joy because Jesus saves. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. What do he say? Look straight at me. Look full in his wonderful face. Look straight at Jesus. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. That's good stuff. It's pretty good, ain't it, Polly? That's good, isn't it? Amen. It's good. 
God loves you. He wants to do the same miracle for you this morning. Maybe you're sitting in this crowd and you've never given your life. You've never surrendered your heart to the Lord. He'd like to change your life today. He'd like to do a miracle in you. Then here in another couple Sundays, we'll baptize you and we'll celebrate with you. But you can be saved today. You can have your life changed 180 degrees from what it was when you walked in these doors this morning. And he'll do that for you. He's promised. He's promised he'll do that. What do you do? Let's bow our heads together. Let me, let me lead you through it. Think about right now. Have you ever given your heart to Jesus? Have you ever done that? If you have, just thank him right now. Thank him for saving you. Thank him and tell it, say, Lord, help me be amazed about what you've done for me. Now, if, you've, if you can look back in your mind's eye and you never know you've done that, here's what you do. You say, dear Lord, I'm a sinner. But I know from what Brother Todd just told me and what your word tells me, that's the bigger thing, that you want to save me, that you died, that you paid my price, you stood in my spot, and you love me so much that you died for me. And I want to give you my life today. I, I want you to perform a miracle in me. I want you to make me walk. I've never walked before on my own as a Christian. I've never took one step as a Christian. And I want you to save me, and I want you to help me walk. I want you to reach down your big right hand and pick me up, and I want to leap to my feet for you. Lord, I know you can do it. Lord, I believe in you through faith that you have showed yourself to me, and I know that you are real, and I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. A prayer something like that. That prayer is not the perfect prayer, but a prayer something like that. Giving your heart to Jesus. And then you say, Lord, teach me. Teach me to walk with you. Let me get up and leap for joy and walk straight to God's house and straight to learning more about you. Where did he head after he was healed? Straight to the temple. He wanted to know more. And guys, when he comes into your life, you just want to know more and more and more about him. And guess what? The more you know, the more you get excited and the more you get fired up and the more you realize you don't know anything about him yet because he's just huge and it's going to take your whole life to learn a little bit about Jesus. But someday when we get to heaven, we're going to know more about him. And it's going to be, you talk about being amazed someday. You talk about being amazed. We talked about that a little bit in Sunday school this morning. We, we talk about heaven, and, and you know what we think about heaven is like TV heaven. You know, we're in a cloud, and we got some wings and a halo, and we're eating marshmallows. That's not heaven. That's not heaven. What Jesus is preparing for us, let me use modern-day language, it will blow your mind. It will blow your mind when we get there. You talk about a maze when we walk through the streets, when those, those gates of pearl, and we walk into that golden streets, and we see Jesus Christ on that throne, and we get to lay our crowns at his feet, we're going to be amazed. And you talk about leaping for joy. After we get up off the ground because we're going to be so humbled, we're just going to be so excited for all of eternity. And I don't want anybody in this room to miss that. I want everybody in here to understand and, and to know Jesus because he can change your life. He can change your life. Let's bow together. Dear Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the excitement of salvation. Thank you for the greatest miracle ever. And Lord, if there's someone in this room today that's never given their life to you, Lord, may they do that today. May they do it right now. Lord, just pray. I pray that they will come to find you. I pray if someone in this room has someone they'd want to pray for, they'll make their way to this altar. I pray if there's someone here that wants to join this family, that they'll make their way to this altar this morning.
Lord, thank you for speaking to us this morning through your great word. And Lord, just help us to realize what a great miracle we've been a partaker of if we know you as Savior. Lord, we're ready for you to work a miracle this morning. Lord, we're, we're coming to you by faith and trusting. And I pray that you would work a miracle in a life of someone this morning. 